This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we revisit Season 2, Christmas at Downton Abbey. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Now bring us a piggy. And that's it, real short intro this week, huh? You know, well, it's it's the holidays, we don't got much time here, we're, we're, we're busy. Yeah, I mean, we we could have gotten this done earlier in the week, but schedules got in the way. And then looking at the timeline of this episode, it covers a lot more than just Christmas, so we said, who cares? Yeah, it covers New Year's as well. And beyond. Yeah, I, I, I totally lapsed on that, so it worked out, because you know you texted me in the middle of the episode like saying, like, actually, I can't record, and I was like, why am I watching this? And then on the show, they're like, well, it's New Year's, and it's like, oh, okay, we're yeah. okay. Yeah. It's okay to get this episode in for the people listening to this the week it drops. Yeah, and if you're not listening to this the week it drops, then it's irrelevant anyway. Yeah, no, exactly. So before we even get into this, I know we've been a little lax in how we've been trying to promote this giveaway we're doing, so let's get it out of the way right out the gate. Okay. Five-star reviews on iTunes, screen cap it, send it to us, Mm -hmm. you're entered to win the Dowager Countess Quit Mug from the PBS special. And Dave, how many times have you drank from it since you got the mug? Well, you want to hear a funny story? Yes. I drank from it twice, and then I washed it, and I dropped it, and it broke. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Do you want mine? I, I gave you a gift. I know you have a history of returning gifts, but I'm not... I haven't returned it. I just haven't used it. Well, it's your... No, I got it for you. I have plenty of mugs, and it was one of those things where it is a giant mug. Yeah, it's hefty. They got to they gotta get that print in there and hide it. All, all the catchphrases. So I, I was cleaning it, and it was already clean, and I was going to put it back, and it just fell, and I, you know... How many things do you drop on an annual basis? This is the first mug I've ever dropped. Wow. Well, not ever in my life, but this is the first, like, and I broke it, and I knew I broke it, and I was so upset, but it was one of those things where it was kind of like, maybe maybe this is something you just don't need to have. And maybe it's a message from the gods. It's time for us to move on from Downton. It's time for us to turn a new leaf. Oh, yeah. A page, and or whatever. Turn whatever over. In 2020, we'll, we will absolutely be turning a new leaf. Or a rock. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever metaphor you have, you like. Um, but yeah, early next year we'll be we'll be covering a new show, and we'll, and we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll but get... in the interim, we still got Down Abbey to talk about here. We do. And before we talk about Down Abbey, last episode, I said regarding our Magfest panel, if you had mm-hmm. any interest in going, I said it was if you were to buy a single day ticket, not that you can. Yeah. It would be Saturday. You would have to come Saturday and then <laughs> stay late into the night. But that was incorrect. You have to come Friday. It turns out MAGFest operates a little more literally than we had thought. Mm-hmm. So our panel will be Friday, Saturday, early Saturday morning. But if you were to arrive, it would be Saturday or Friday. So it's Saturday at 1 a.m. Yes. But it's technically Friday evening reaching into Saturday night. Yeah. Like if this was a club or something, it would be like featuring da-da-da-da-da on Friday night. Yeah. So January 3rd, be there in Maryland National Harbor. At MAGFest. At MAGFest. And we'll be we have a we have a panel going on there where we will commentate on bad wrestling video games. Yes, good late night panel. I think will we be recording it for people to listen into for people who can't attend? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be good audio for strangers. You never know. We never. I know. mean, we're going to bring our mobile setup and maybe do something with the gang that's with us at Magfest. Like we we do, did last year, Dave. You did buy a variety of uh, Downey Abbey related things for Christmas. I did. I'm not bringing Downton Abbey Clue to MAGFest, though. Oh, okay. Because last year, we played a simple board game at MAGFest, and it got ripped apart by board gamers. So if we're playing mm-hmm. Downton Abbey Clue, it's going to be with people that don't play board games. Okay, sure. That's It's going to be with people that had Monopoly nights growing up. Not people <laughs> that had um, Call of Cthulhu days. 
<laughs> right. No, that, that's totally understandable. So how hey, Christmas is over. How how are we feeling about uh Christmas? The Christmas I'm, season. Are you glad it's over? Yeah, you know me. I'm not a fan of Christmas really. I, I I just find it to be just exhausting and I just get tired of people's I just find it disingenuous how people are just so happy to be around each other. And it's like you guys I mean it's nice to see like the charities and everything and people contributing like on Facebook and stuff like that, but like I just the consumerism kills me and I get tired of it it almost feels like this psychotic episode where every year we commit ourselves to the same music and TV shows and movies because it stirs these warm feelings, but I don't have those warm feelings. It just stirs me and just be like, just let it be, let it go. Mm-hmm. Let's move on, please. I just, I'm so, I'm so glad we're moving past it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But, but Dave, you're a much more warm hearted person than I am. I like, I love Christmas. I, I don't have any movie traditions per se. Like I, I like, mm-hmm. I have my favorite Christmas movies, but I don't think I watched any of them this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think well, my parent, my family always loves watching Christmas Vacation. Love that movie, but like, I'm I'm good. I'm watching it. Yeah, I think that there's movies that are good like every two or three years. They're better that way. Yeah, Christmas the, is here regardless of whether or not you watch National Lampoon. Right. The music itself specifically drives me up the wall. Like, I do not ever need to hear Burl Ives singing about Merry Christmas Who? anymore. You know, Burl Ives. Uh, he's in the, you know, he comes back every year in the top 10 because everyone wants to hear uh, the Christmas song or whatever. And then, like, um, Holly Jolly Christmas, all that stuff. I just don't care. I don't care. Happy for you guys. Enjoy your Christmas. Bah humbug. Let's just do this episode on Downton Abbey Christmas and close the book on it for this holiday season, please. Just, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm healing off on wow, Christmas we have, here. We okay. have, the, we have this, this Ebenezer McNair here. Look, I care. I care. I, ch- I donated to charities. I care about my friends and family. I want them to have a happy holidays. Just let me be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. On that note. Okay. It's Christmas at Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> Happier times. 1919. So oh, yeah. 100 years ago. Uh, 100. Um, different weather back then. Dave, did you notice a few times this episode that Mary is outside in a collarbone exposed gown where it's like she's got to be freezing in, in January, December weather. She's just wearing these dresses where she just has her collarbone and it's just like, you got to be cold, Mary. I did not notice. Oh, I just kept thinking that the whole time. It's snowing outside and she's just like wearing like, you know, just exposed skin. And it's just like, you got to be freezing, Mary. You got to be freezing. Sure. Okay. Anyways. Burr. Cool. <laughs> Dave, take us back. We're, what's going on in 1919? A lot more than I remember. A lot more considering this is regarded as the best episode of this show. I think it's really the last moment that lands that punch. And then, then the, the rest of the episode, I, I was thinking as I was watching, I was like, this is not the best episode of this show. Yeah, I can't. Maybe be. that's the uh, jumping the gun on that. But there's maybe. moments from other Christmas specials, like the one where like Robert gets sauced at the holiday party. They're like, I kind of like that moment more than this one. But yeah, there, there's a lot going on in this episode. Um, we probably actually probably watched this episode more than any other episode of the show too, considering watching it's an original run. You watched it for the recap. We rewatched the the Bates trial for the trial episode. Mm-hmm. We've rewatched it now. Uh, we we've seen a good portion of this episode several times over. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how, to, how do we break this down? <laughs> do we just do it? So the Daisy plot with the Ouija board, I think, Oh, I forgot that was, this, I thought it was like some other episode. This is not finale material. Daisy's whole subplot. This episode is that she's dimwitted is that she's stupid and gullible. <laughs> Poor girl. I know. And she, I think she yeah. has a line where she's like, I'm not stupid. And it's like, and then she listens to a Ouija spoiler board. Alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are. <laughs> Not to be so harsh on Daisy, but she lets a Ouija board manipulate her destiny in this episode, essentially. 
Yeah, well, they're all playing with the Ouija board and with them. <laughs> well, she's also caught in a bizarre plot line too. With with uh, with Mister Mason. So. Oh yeah, that. But I, I thought you meant uh, what's Rosamond's maid. Oh no, that's different. That's that's removed. But, but that's that's a Daisy plot. Is she in that plot? Yeah, she's the one that keeps telling Daisy you can do more for yourself. Oh yeah, that whole thing too. Yeah, it's a bunch of weird stuff going on. So basically, Daisy's whole plot in this entire show is she's smarter than she appears, mm-hmm. and she keeps denying Mr. Mason, and that's her. That's Daisy, right? And Mr. Mason keeps asking her, "Will you be my child? Can I adopt you?" Which is like, you know, we've come to know Mr. Mason. He's a sweet man, mm-hmm. but back then, it's like. Well, he's the father of William, but we don't know much about him, and he's asking this stranger to be like... Well, we know we know a little bit about him. We know a, a, a little bit, but... We do, ha- he's been in episodes before. Do this we know is... enough to be like, yes, become his child? It's just the way he phrases it. just feels like a strange request, like, become my child. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> is he like a cult leader? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's just... It's a little odd, but um, the heart in the right place, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, then there's this other woman, this interloper of Rosamond's uh, help is there in the uh, Downton because Rosamond's home for the holidays, mm-hmm. and, and she's telling Daisy to you know go her own way uh, to try and make something of herself. Yeah, she's so talented; she could be a head chef at a smaller house in London. She even tells off Patmore in, in regard to her too, and it's like this is coming out of nowhere. Uh, who are you? And um, we know Daisy's sticking around. I think mm-hmm. so. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, it's stupid. And then, yeah, a Ouija board is there because... Because uh, they're just playing with the Ouija board on Christmas. Right. And Pat As Moore, one does. Yeah. I like, I like that they try to get a dig in on Patmore uh, Thomas and O'Brien where it says, you, you are fat or something like that. And Patmore's like, hey, whatever. <laughs> but then when it's, uh, then Patmore uses it to tell Daisy, because Patmore supports uh, William you know, becoming more of a paternal figure to Daisy, or at least making her into more than she is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, go to the farm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like specific directions from a Ouija board. It's like, is this what you think it should say? It's like, yes, yes. And what does she do? She goes to the she farm. She goes to the farm, and Mr. Mason is a gentleman. Yeah, and now, Dave, if you were to get specific directions from a Ouija board, would you follow them? Depends on, on my uh, state of mind, I guess. <laughs> okay. I'd, I'd be terrified if a Ouija board actually gave me like specific directions, and it just seemed to move on its own. I'd be like, that thing is possessed. It's devilish. Well, I wouldn't. I I don't know why I would own a Ouija board. Doesn't like Milton Bradley own Ouija board? I think they bought it eventually. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what happens after all. Down Abbey ends is uh, Thomas sells it to Milton Bradley, and becomes a millionaire. It's Ouija origin of evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that. I mean, it was a good way to probably pass time back then when there weren't many games to play necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know what it, it must be good for kids that you know that who's guiding their hand. But then that dumb thing that really caps this whole thing at the end is Julian using it on was it Anna and uh, Daisy together, where like um, it moves around, and then there one of them says like, "Did you move it? No. Did you? No." And then they're just kind of like spooked by this thing. And it's like well, Anna moved it. <laughs> you think, or is Julian introducing the <laughs> spiritual? Paranormal? Yeah, the paranormal into this. Is this? I mean, it's Lavinia. Yeah, I mean, probably, maybe. Who knows? Um, World War One just happened. It could yeah. be anyone. Um, so thanks, Julian, for uh, having this fun little bit. I mean, I forgot going in this episode was ninety minutes, and I was like, "Oh, I did not." I, I, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, they gotta they gotta fill this one, um, and he certainly did fill this one. Uh, so yeah, a lot of Daisy in this episode. Still no Branson in this episode because he's off. They're of in Sybil. Ireland. Yeah, they're they missing. Just announced that they're pregnant. Isn't it kind of funny? We watched the pilot. No Branson. We watched the third episode. No Branson. no Branson. This episode, no Branson. And yet he's the main player of the movie. Well, guess what? We got the we got the special bonus edition 
of the, the special edition Blu-ray of the movie. So we're going to be oh yeah we, digging deep into the bonus features. On I was that. thinking about the movie while watching this. Is, is you know, and that the movie's only a little over two hours, and this is ninety minutes, and this one cramps so much more in, and is so much more effective, I think, than the movie. But it's a little different where the movie has to take time to table set, whereas this one is very much in the the thick of plots and stuff like that. So, yeah, when we jump back in, it's like, oh, I didn't remember this and everything. So it, it has a little bit more leeway to do more and make you feel more, whereas the movie's like has to cater to a certain audience. And yeah, the movie has to tell a story that ends definitively, whereas right. this can leave Mr. Bates on uh, life in prison. And, <laughs> if the series ended after the season, it would be hilarious to think that, well, that Bates got, got wrongly imprisoned, <laughs> and that was it. Spoiler alert. We didn't get to it yet, but... So Bates is on trial. Yeah, for... we've, we've, if you're listening to this episode and you're like curious, we've done all of this thoroughly. So we're just talking about this. It was pretty again. good the first time, I, I may say. Uh, but not to put ourselves over. But anyways, this time around, though, Bates is still on trial. And I was just laughing because the lighting, the lighting of this episode is kind of dour. But in the, in the jail, it's like they have the like, blue lights in there <laughs> for whatever reason. The blue like, flame. Yeah, there's like it's just casting this blue hue on, on Bates at all times. Um Great beta, Bates episode. Is it though? Not for him, no. But it's it has a great, a great, great moments. Uh, well, the trials great. I know we thoroughly uh, discussed that, so we don't need to say make the same beats again. But that moment when it's guilty. Oh no! <laughs> and you hear Anna scream, and Bates is just. Closes his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so quietly. Why are we laughing at this? But even, even the moment where Robert's just like, well, I guess it comes down to me to take care of this. And he just face plants on the stand in there. It's just like, sorry, Bates. I tried, man. And, and I, it, the guy's like, tell us, well, did Mr. Bates have this comment to say? And Robert's like, yeah, I guess he did. And, and outside, it's just like every time, like... It reminds me of the movie. The other guys, like they got us again. Like every time they have a wave twisting over us, and they just get us. And it's like you just have to lie. Like not that I endorse lying on the stand or anything like that. But in these circumstances with the TV show, it's not that hard to just you know not. And to- he's a lord. It's not like right. If, he, if it, it's not like if if Bates's testimony would hold weight <laughs> yeah. if Robert denied it. It's a lord and his his valet. Right. It's, it's so strange. And then it caps off, uh, I mean, poor Anna, this episode, but they have the, the moment in the the meeting where they have, where Anna sees Bates for one more time, and the, not one more time, but she sees him, and the officer's like, no touching. Oh yeah, no touching, the Arrested Development moment? And, and, yeah, and <laughs> Bates is like, have some compassion, man, and the way the guy like, closes... What do you think I can do right now? Yeah, what do you think I can do? The way the guy cl- closes his eyes and silently nods, <laughs> I mean, dying, he like... He just pulls out a baton and starts... Beating Bates to death. <laughs> yeah. But you wonder, like, did he keep his eyes closed the entire time when, like, Bates gets up and starts making out with Anna right there? Like, <laughs> it's so funny because, like, they keep him off camera the whole time, but you know that man is standing right there while they're, they're, they're making out. Yeah, the there. actor was getting paid <laughs> to, be, to stand there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, heart, uh, heartfelt, sad moment for, for this couple. And it's, it's really, like, speaks to, like, this is down when it's dangerous, you know, in the first half of the series. Dangerous. Yeah, uh, like the first half of the series for the first three seasons, kind of anything can happen, you know? And then mm-hmm. they kind of play it safe in the back half because I think they warded away so many viewers with the stuff with Matthew that they didn't want to, like, you know, do anything too dramatic in terms of finales and is stuff like, like that. Is it like Game of Thrones or Walking Dead where once the fans have really gotten to know these characters, they're not getting rid of them? Right, right. And so, like, sending Bates to jail, uh, jail on, like, the last episode of the season, like... It's a heavy moment because you just think like 
he'll probably be back. I mean, really? And then, like, no, he's going to... It's like an Empire Strikes Back moment. It's like the moment you don't expect the one, but the one you need to, like, keep the story going, you know? Uh-huh. It, it's, it works. It's, it's still a good punch. It's better than... Um, what's the... Michael... Gre- not Michael Gregson. Uh, well, yeah, it is better than Michael Gregson. It's better <laughs> than Tony Gilliam and Mr. Bl- Charles Blake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, better than that kind of stuff. Yeah, because you think about it, season four is, like, the heist, uh, which is fun, but it's not, like... Season come, four Christmas, or you just yeah talking? yeah, and then like just finale season five, they go up and they meet the was it Rose gets married and stuff, and they meet all those people. But it's like not the is same as Christmas in the Highlands. Yeah, it's not the same. Isn't that season? No, season three is in the Highlands, but it that's the whole Matthew stuff. Is in oh that season one. is season four the London season? Yeah, and then season what's season five where Rose gets married. So uh-huh. Rose is on display at the end of season four. And then so she that's gets the married. London season. Yeah, which is a great episode, but um. Yeah, this is one that, like it, it's still doing stuff. Like there's still room to move with these characters, you know. Because mm-hmm. you think about it too, this is also one of the last episodes I think where we have the core cast together again. Aside from like William, we don't have any of the new faces. Branson. The, yeah, we don't. Yeah, but we don't Civil. have right. They're, I mean, they still exist in the world, but mm-hmm. we don't have like Jimmy and like whatever's going on with them. We don't have Danker and Spratt in the mix. It's just like the essentially the core cast here, and it and it still shows like this cast worked. Even like O'Brien leaves in the next first episode of next season too no she right? does not she's, or she's a, she oh, disappears she's, at the end of season four beginning of season beginning four. of season four gotcha so we get another yeah but still it's just like this is like the the them you know this is before they needed to add the uh the great kazoos and like poochies to like flick make it all interesting <laughs> yeah goose the ratings yeah yeah um before shirley mclean uh or even the giamatis uh yeah. <laughs> giamatti would be the kazoo <laughs> <laughs> Hey there. Um, I would love a Down Abbey with just a great kazook. What, like a little Martian flying around or whatever? Yeah, like you talk, if you had to pick one character in Down to have a great kazoo that only that one character could see, would it be Robert or would it be another character? Mosley, I think. <laughs> Mosley would be. Looking like a buffoon. And if you don't know, it's like on the Flintstones. They added in the little green Martian to talk to one talk of the characters. And he looks like he's basically just Marvin the Martian with like a motorcycle helmet on instead of the Roman right. war helmet. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Fred, here. Oh, boy. <laughs> here we go again. Um, I just served the king and queen. What do yeah. I do now? <laughs> yeah. Burn the place down, mostly. Burn uh, it down. I would, I would absolutely watch that. <laughs> but this, I'm sure you could dub it in mm-hmm. pretty easily and make it functional. Yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, not impossible. I mean, it's, it's just for this plot in this episode, since we're covering downstairs, make a voice in the head for Thomas, where it's like, Thomas is like, <laughs> well, I won't be able to replace Bates because they don't like me. Hide the dog. <laughs> Put the dog in the shed. Because <laughs> that's essentially what O'Brien does. Is like you just gotta hide some, or take something and you know make him love you or whatever. And then he's just like, ISIS. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine that episode where they just start whispering in Thomas's head, ISIS, <laughs> repeatedly for the episode. That, that won't track. That would not 20, fly at all. No. And we're going into 2020. We don't need. ISIS. Leave it behind. Leave it in the last decade. <laughs> um, so Thomas does do that though. Uh, Aside from playing uh, mind games with uh, the Ouija board, oh, I'd love to hear the Ouija board in Jesus' head. But uh, aside from those games, she'd, have, she'd be good with a great kazoo. <laughs> it would sound like a child in her head. Um, he hides ISIS in the woods because his plan is that if he finds ISIS, Robert will come to uh, appreciate him for you know his efforts to to do it. Mm-hmm. And this is following him in his. Uh, I think the the hammer. No, it was two episodes ago where he got caught with the plaster instead of like the baked goods. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, when he was caught as an idiot. So uh, he's really stuck here. And uh, we kind of find again that Thomas maybe ain't so bright sometimes when it comes to hatching plans. Well, I don't think the ISIS plan is not well hatched. It's just stupid. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> it is. Uh, he, he goes to bring the dog outside. I, we don't even see how he gets a hold of Isis either. He like, just goes and takes Isis. <laughs> where's the dog at? Like, you the wonder, dog is just hanging around the house, I assume. Yeah. It's just like, how would the dog get out? To like, I mean, there's clearly like a dozen... Uh, hunt dogs that they have. It's true. So somehow it just. You think all the other dogs are jealous of ISIS? Probably a little bit. And I like how they make a point too, where like they're having a drinking scene beforehand, and Robert's like, "Oh, ISIS," and they make a point of like, "Oh yeah, there's a name to this dog. The Robert cares about him." He's like really smiling at that dog too in this episode. Robert loves ISIS. He does. He does. And then (laughs) the dog, the dog, and yeah, gets left in the woods, and then then a little kid finds ISIS. Right in the village, it's funny when they go on the hunt to like go find him, and then Carson keeps asking Tom like, "What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you?" And all Thomas has to say is like, "I think I heard the dog," but he doesn't say anything. He's just like, "Nothing, nothing." I'm just look. I like looking guilty for things. Uh, but yeah, his his uh his efforts are rewarded anyways because Robert sees that uh Thomas took his time to try and find the dog, even though and and we're supposed to kind of be like. Whew, it worked out for Barrow. But at the end of the day, it's like, no. He's a bad man. He, it's even worse because he didn't win, but he also won for not winning. It's like, no, we shouldn't be like, oh, thank God he gets considered to be the valid. Well, I think there's also a little bit of the comedy there in that he looks like a hot mess after trying to find this dog and it didn't even matter. <laughs> now, do you think it's weird when Robert... Robert makes a comment in this episode where he says, uh, I don't know if I want... He says, I don't know if I want Bates changing me and doing intimate things. And yeah. they, they got, they know, they know, everybody knows, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, I and it goes back to that conversation we had in many episodes ago where we said, like, do the valets see the Robert when he's undressed or not? And I think, yeah, this definitively answers yes, they probably do see him in some state of undress there oh yeah absolutely and you wonder too sometimes this is my imagination run away with me but like when Bates is having to dress him did he ever like give out did his leg give out and he fell to the ground and he's just there and then Robert's lording over yeah, how him many, how many pratfalls <laughs> is Bates having during the years yeah yeah because this is years at this point that the yeah. show has been oh my god I just did the three four yeahs again I'm sorry listeners <laughs> I caught myself uh, but um you wonder yeah did, did Bates ever embarrass himself like that and I, we hope not <laughs> Probably. I mean, I'm sure it's understood if he does. <laughs> yeah. I, I guarantee they're not putting on his underwear. That's what I hope. That is the hope. I mean, you're a grown that man. They are. <laughs> yeah, you're a grown man. Put your drawers on. Come I'm on. sure they're helping him find outfits and stuff like that. I'm, they're not putting his pants on. They're just making sure it all looks good. And like, I thought you buttons. argued earlier that they were putting their pants on, like the whole kit. Well, I said Bates was putting on <laughs> Matthew's clothes when he couldn't <laughs> walk. That's right. That's right. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Wild times there. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh. Oh. That's season two as well, isn't it? <laughs> and he can walk already by this episode. Yeah. He, he would not, you would not be faulted for forgetting that happened because he's totally like walking around full stride this episode, Matthew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he does cartwheels most of the time you see him. Right. And like, he's even backflipping off of things. Even Barrow, you know, he had his hand shot. And like, you, you wouldn't know that. But what you do know is that uh, Anthony Strollen had his hand shot because he has a. What does he keep it in? He has like a freaking sling for his hand. His hand alone. What a weird look. What a weird man. Yeah, when we first see him, he's like, well, I didn't want to come on the hunt because of my... I was injured in the war. And his his hand is like... His arm is just swinging around. Yeah. At what point is it more of a... Or less of a stigmatizing look to just have your arm dangle? I mean... 
What's but, the benefit of the sling? He's not using the arm. Maybe it's his wrist. I don't know. Put it in your pocket. Just put it in your pocket. <laughs> and what can he move? They really just say it's out of commission. I mean, it is a, it is a mean look. It's a nice look. It has like a hand sling. Yeah, just an extra dash of black on your on your suit. But at the same time, it just looked weird to see like this hand just limping there. Yeah. So and, uh, he, he's he's back. <laughs> yeah, and even then with Edith, like you're already dealing with like you know a half stack there in terms of like this guy with his act together. Now he's missing a hand. And it's like Edith. Come on, you're giving you're you right. all. She's gonna he's gonna leave you at the altar, Edith. He says even in this episode again, he reminds her. I'm a little old. Yeah, that's all he needs to say. That's, that's all, all a reasonable person needs and to say. And he's like, don't be crazy. And then she, you know, glows up and gets a man about 20 men, 20 years, 20 man years uh, younger. Yeah, well, she gets a younger version of him mm-hmm. in Gregson. Yeah. And then she gets his better human in uh, Birdie. She, I'll win for her. It's just, it makes you think when you watch this episode, man, Edith, you got a long road ahead of you. The next 10 years, going to be pretty rough for you. <laughs> yeah. But you'll get there. But at least the 20s end with her meeting the king and queen at her house. Not even end, because when's the movie? 29? Well, it was like 31. I don't even know. Uh, we'll we'll watch it again yeah, on Blu-ray. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> right. Um, so we kind of hit it upstairs. I mean, was there anything else going on downstairs that we haven't touched upon? Um, I think that was it. Like Daisy, Bates, and then Thomas. Nothing with uh, Carson and Carson Hughes. gets his book about the royalty, which yep, is always... That's all, he, that's all we got for Carson. Nice moment. Um, I do like seeing them like having a wild time downstairs on Christmas Day. Or oh, I mean, like, Pat Moore or not Pat Moore Hughes has the has to testify. Oh, right, <laughs> and she gets her lies or her, her words turned around on her. When the whole crowd just scoffs when she reveals what he called her, uh, uh, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> oh, Hughes, uh, such a good character. Never change, never change. There's a person I follow on Instagram recently who just posts pictures of uh, Phyllis. Um. What's her Logan? name? Phil Slogan. Just just Phil Slogan. Not even like her and character as Hughes, just Phil Slogan. And it's like, all right. Great. Great. We love it. <laughs> love love my feed being filled with it. Um, yeah, that's downstairs. And they're having wild times around the holidays. Yeah, they're wearing paper hats. Right. And they show so much it's, more. It seems like everyone is the the overarching plot of the downstairs is that they're just sad about Bates. Right, and we see so much more stuff than we usually see too. Like just randos downstairs. Yeah, like, mean, what's the guy, the young whatever in the movie that gets a name? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. maybe he's a little baby there. Maybe, I mean to kind of bridge the gap between downstairs and upstairs. So Ro- Rosamond has a helper in town because Rosamond is in town, and this helper, she's you know she's encouraging Daisy to do things, and she's also talking to this man who's also visiting uh, down, Lord Hepworth. Hepworth. Hep. Het. I think it's Het. Hep- James Hat- Hatfield? <laughs> yeah, it's James Hatfield. Um, <laughs> How good would that be if they like <laughs> gimmick, gimmick cast James Hatfield to come <laughs> play the Right. Uh, he, I don't know why he's there. He's there to see Rosamund. It's like his reason is to meet her in the middle, I guess. There's no real reason why he has to come to Downton to I see her. I think it's the thing we start seeing with Matthew Good later in the show where they're like, oh, uh, what's his, he, he's, Henry Talbot says he's going to be racing three hours away and we're two, so he decided to Ask if he could stay in the like, and then the Branson's like, "Why don't you just ask him on a bloody date?" That's true. Like, so I think it's that sort. Of, that's just courting back then. But so then it's okay for this man to presumably he has family just be without them on Christmas, New Year's, and then weeks into the New Year, he's just there at. Well, Dallas. he explains why he doesn't have family. Right, but I mean, you, you have to have someone you can be around. He, it's really, he it's, does. It, yeah, but he it, does, baby. Are the Crawleys really the ones you need to be around? 
Like it's well, just like they, they, no, it's not the crawling. It just he seems wants to be around. Odd to, to loaf around. He he ain't loafing. I know he's not loafing, but to just be at another person's house house. Like I mean, imagine that, Dave. Imagine it's like Corey needs a place to stay, so I just stay here for multiple holidays, and then I have a woman here at the same time. And it's just like, Dave, what would you say to me? Like, if I had a giant mansion, I had like twenty five bedrooms. I'd say like, sure, I don't care. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so, he, spoiler alert: he's loafing around with Los- Rosman's help. Yeah, and he's 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 broke. He's done, lost it all. Mm-hmm. And and the dowager, and, and the, the dowager's trying to get that information from him. Yeah, she susses out real quick what he's up to. She's like, "You're looking for for Rosman, but what's the word?" And he's like, "Well, I don't have it." Well, she she dropped the bait. She's like, "I used to enjoy many a holiday at, you know, whatever manner you grew mm-hmm. up in." And he's like, "Well, bad news, it's all gone." <laughs> and then she's like, "You coming after my my girl, my daughter?" And he's like, "Yes." I'm down. <laughs> and then they just, I mean, they're not really so much as tipped off as they just open the door where he's staying one night, and there she is with them. Well, they're not really, um... They, they, they see they, her, they see them talking. Like, Anna sees them talking to each yeah, other. Yeah, Detective Anna is, this is like episode one of Detective Anna. So Anna's is having a bad Christmas, so what she do? She takes it out on this man and the woman. In fairness. Sure. Sure, because think about it. Uh, she has to clean those sheets, so might as well, you know, stop the work. Yeah, and Rosamond is a... Rosamond's marrying this guy out of love and not money, mm-hmm. but it turns out Rosamond's help is hooking up with him. So it's like it's not even for either; it's just for like proximity. Yeah, company, you know. But I do like that Robert and uh, Robert and Violet are both like, "All right, we got to get the we got to line up the money so this guy doesn't have anything to gain." Yeah, tie it up, yeah. So uh, it's like though it's lose 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 for everybody but this maid, right? And we never see Rosamond with another maid on the show. I don't think like she comes back to down and stuff, but she doesn't have a plus one with her really. Yeah, she's a spinster. She doesn't need it. But uh, so long, Hetworth. You were on this episode to take up a fifteen twenty minutes of this time. Too much time. Yeah, I mean it was fun. It was fine for what it was. It's not really stupid. And, well, do they just need to have someone else be a voice in Daisy's head? That could have been in like O'Brien or anyone else be that voice but it's like okay have it attached to someone else who can stop bothering daisy next year i guess it could have been somebody that even comes back could have been gwen could have been for christmas could have been could have been mr mason's nephew or something could have been could have been been the great kazoo could have been could have been sybil like hey i'm pregnant by the way hey daisy do your thing (laughs) bye-bye see you later (laughs) yeah um yeah she we get to know that, that she's pregnant yeah cool best wishes to her um, Hope you make it through the pregnancy in one piece. Oh man, uh, oh man, that's a weird thing to think about. Like, oh, so 1920, nine months later, thing, everything, never, nothing was ever the same. Wait a second, do we know the plot, the timeline for things? Because this is 1919. Mm-hmm. She has that baby nine months later. So you're saying within the entering nine months, Matthew and Mary got married. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> And was it Wait, Sybil is dead at the wedding. Sybil is dead already. For Matthew and Mary? Yeah. No, it's season three, episode one is their marriage. Or season three, episode two at least. Season three, episode five is when uh, she passes away. And then about the end of season three. Oh, so yeah. is it the ones, isn't there the moment where, oh no, that's Edith's wedding. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where Mary and Edith are like, right. we just need to be sisters and forget about the right. drama. So, huh, I didn't realize how fast uh, season three moves into action. Yeah, well, I guess a little time passes. You know, Mary, we're almost there, but Mary's been waiting a long time to get uh, married, or rather, 
to avoid wedding, getting married. You got there, yeah. Hey, wait, it's I just now I'm just like conjuring up memories of the old show. This episode, like they they shame this man for making out with the maid. We just forget that the episode before this was Lord Grantham making out with that what, the other Jane? help, yeah, Jane, and helping the child. Well, she he would just he like kissed her. Oh, he more than kissed her, man. He took. But her, he made out with her. He he yeah. But he didn't. He there didn't, was he didn't. Oh, get, he didn't he, take it too far. No, no, no. no, no. But this. Hetworth was about to get a stroke. <laughs> he, he was about to get a stroke. Yeah. Someone uh, commented on our Instagram today. Um, will there ever be? Because I posted the merch that we got for Christmas with the the cocktail book, the board game, and the movie. And someone said, "When will there ever be Downton Abbey books?" And I said, "Whenever there's the adventures of uh, Downton and Dirty Jimmy Kent." Wait, like like Downton fiction books? Yeah, that's a lucrative market. Yeah, and I, I think if you did one on Jimmy Downton and Dirty. Like down and dirty, it's a good play. Come on, I don't know. I read Jimmy because people love romance novels. They want those. Yeah, but dirty why novels. Jimmy? I didn't say because Jimmy got up to a lot of things in Down. I'm sure. Why not Hetworth? Because <laughs> he was in one episode and no one remembers him. But people know Jimmy. Yeah, I guess so. Jimmy's a handsome young man. Jimmy Kent. Yeah. What What about Bates? <laughs> people would. I mean, you, all you got to title is Mr. Bates, and then like have like some kind of subtext over it, so it just doesn't look like an eye or whatever, and then people are just, you know. Sure. That I mean, romance novels sell in this day and age, where a lot of books are hard to sell. People still want those dirty novels. As a man who worked at a library for ten years, they were very popular. Sure. And especially so when get to writing, get cracking. And especially when people got the self checkout, they were just checking them out all the time without any judgment. No judgment. Yeah, no judgment. Judgment free zone. Zane, one of the most popular offers you'll ever find. Zane Malik. Nope, just Zane. Z e a n e. Z e a n e. Z e a n e. Z-A-N-E. Z N E Z A N E. For listeners, go look up some of his books if you want to entertain yourself with some of that inappropriate stuff. I guess. And he has but, a good match with Shinsuke Nakamura at a NXT Takeover. Yes, exactly. So, anyways, back to Down Abbey. Um, hey Zane, if you're listening, <laughs> I don't think Zane. <laughs> he's a he's a multi millionaire, and we're not. Not yet. We need that. Patreon we, we, need money to focus, we need to focus on, on Downton Abbey and the adventures in Downton Abbey. Um, Edith, uh, yeah, we were to con- cover this trial and stuff. I guess the only other thing really is the Mary stuff, right? Oh, baby. This well, is- no, there's. Um, I guess it all kind of ties together. So yeah, Mary, Matthew, and the poor man who's been waiting five years to get married. Oh, that's a book I would read. <laughs> I would read a whole novel on that man. None other He's than mean, Richard he, Carlyle. Richard Carlyle. How, how? I feel so justified in her defense of him watching this episode. He's he's a he's a mean man. I think the worst thing you can fault him for is that he threatened to blackmail her, which is a significant thing. And it, it's a it's a it, you should. What do you mean blackmail her? I mean, didn't he allude in previous episodes that like if you do something, I'll let them know about you know your scandal? Like that's that's the thing he holds over her head. Well, I mean, he's kind of doing a big favor by not. Excuse me, by not. But he's kind of saying anything. He's also insinuating, though, like I could do something. I know he threatens. He threatens. But Lavinia. I didn't. Like, yeah, and either was, way, it, it was. It, well, he threatens Lavinia. Yeah, doesn't he like grab Lavinia and uh, grab her oh, arm? That's right. He does. Like he's not a good guy. No, he's but an he, aggressive he guy. He also gets the the ish end of the stick because he again, out of context, this was this took place over years. He was around Mary for five or six years, just toying with his heart and dragging him through the mud. Yeah, and she's like, I don't think I love this guy anymore. And Matthew keeps trying to get in, and he's like, why don't you just leave me alone? Well, Matthew, you just got to give up the ghost. Just let, let Swire be. <sighs> okay. 
I love I love how they make him so pure evil in this episode. Carla? He's like, why aren't we getting served? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's Christmas Eve and we let them, it's Christmas lunch and, and they have their feast. He's like, well, they should be getting paid to serve us. Do you enjoy these games where we look like silly fools? <laughs> and, and what is the Dowager? No, do you enjoy these games in which the players must appear ridiculous? Yeah, there we And go. then the, the Dowager's like, aren't we all ridiculous? And he's like, not me. <laughs> Never. Like the most hammy character on this show. But, uh, he full felt- of hammy characters. He's like, I'm not about to joke around. <laughs> I mean, he's, but that works in his favor when he has that one moment where he sells it and says, I loved you. You know it. But you, or you won't ever know how much I loved you or whatever. He's like, he sells it like, I loved you more than you will ever know and more than you ever loved me. It's like, preach, brother. Preach. He's a. Uh... Oh, yeah. No, okay. So the, the, the line is, do you enjoy these games? And I, I have this as a safe GIF on my phone. It's perfect mm-hmm. in, in situations where people get crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy these games in which the player must appear ridiculous is the line. Mm-hmm. And then. And the Dowager says, like, isn't isn't everyone's life ridiculous? And Richard Carlyle just outwardly says, not my life. <laughs> I believe him. I believe he's not a fool in his life. I mean, when he goes out there with his shotgun, he shoots to kill all <laughs> those birds that are flying around. Yeah, but he's not he's not great. No, he's in a bad spot. <laughs> you just turn and just shoot Matthew in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> just quicken the she, whole just shoots timeline. Shoots him in the leg again. I do love that. How do you feel now, Matthew? Yeah, I, I do love when they're out uh, shooting and he's like, Mary, you got to leave him. Mary's like, I just can't do it. And he's like, fine. And then Matthew just shoots a bird immediately. <laughs> <laughs> just turned into your, oh! <laughs> <laughs> he shot Carlisle. Carlisle sprawled out. <laughs> oh man um, yeah because they have to go on their seasonal hunt on January 1st Dave we should do that next week no I'm good <laughs> um, so anyways yeah this covers Christmas there's New Year's and uh, the whole time I guess Michael has to go up check on Swire's father he's passed away and, and then Mary's like do you want me to go be with you while you know want me to come to the funeral with you and, and he's like I would like that and, and Richard Carlo's like why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. And it's all totally reasonable. Right. This is somebody that we know that Mary has had some kind of, of affinity towards. Mm-hmm. She clearly has a better rapport with him than he than she does with Richard. Right. And he doesn't like it. He's yeah. he's a jealous fiance. He's not even a boyfriend. He's a jealous fiance. I think he's a mean man, but he's justified. Mm-hmm. And this is a, the classic thing. Is like, so how do we resolve this? How do we get out of this? Because Mary isn't strong enough to do it for whatever the reason of dragging this out for years. She just can't do it. I, I guess because he's holding that news over her head and still, you know, the bothers pamuk. her. Yeah, the, the pook, uh, the ten Turkish gentleman. <laughs> yes. Uh, so how does this resolve itself? Robert's like, Cora. Mary doesn't look like herself, and Cora's like, Well, let me tell you something. No, isn't um, Robert's like. There's got to be a reason she can't dump Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it is? And Cora's like, yes. And then we get the classic. And Robert's like, oh? Pants to the whole manor. Cora! <laughs> Mary! <laughs> I think we said that when we watched this so way back. Like the Flintstones like, well, that one on the side? <laughs> yeah. And then I think I still laughed at that because that's exactly what they do is like, tell me. Well, it's, in, in its truth, <laughs> do you remember the Turkish gentleman that stayed he's, well, I certainly remember anyone who dies in their bed. Mm-hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Crossfade. Bates is in prison or something like, ah! 
Darth he, Vader in episode three. No, no. You just expect to hear Robert just yelling in the manner. Um, and so this is where we get one of the probably most famous Robert speeches there are, where he tells Mary to go find a Westerner and a horse and on marry him if you can. Just don't let it be that Carlisle, dude. Yeah. It's really impassioned. It and really the shows. The one thing that really bums me out is we don't get to see Mary break up with Richard Carlisle. Well, we see that. We, we see like the F. We see. Like the cut after she says, like, I don't want to be with you anymore. Oh, right. And he's like, do you think it's that easy? Right. We just see him like, oh, you're going to do this? Like, that's where we start off, right? Like, you think you can just do this? And then... You think this is a game? Yeah. This is not going how you expected. And then Matthew comes in there, and then they brawl, <laughs> which I forgot. Well, there's the, the part where it's like two scenes before where Robert's like, I'm surprised the bait story hasn't been in the news yet. And then Richard's like... I'm keeping the bait story out of the news. It's like, obviously, the newspaper man is. Mm-hmm. And it ain't going to be kept around, uh, kept under wraps much longer because uh, they're brawling. But at this yeah. point, Matthew also already knows about Pamuk. Mary tells Matthew why. Mm-hmm. And he's all heartbroken. Yeah. I mean. He's like, did you love him? And she's like, uh, no. No. He was just hot. Did you see him? Like you remember him? Yeah, remember you were hanging out with Evelyn Napier that night? Yeah, because he he was so hot, whisking me away. You you missed your shot. Um, oh, I forgot about this. We didn't mention that Anna also wanted to leave because she didn't want the news story going back to the house or leaving in a house of scandal because of Bates. Uh, but then Robert's defense is like, well, this house is going to be a house of scandal anyways. So you know, stick around, Anna, Mary, leave Carlisle. What does it all matter? Let it all go up in flames. Um. And yeah, so yeah, this leads to, you know what? Fine, Carl, bring your worst. And he even says like, I can't hold back the story. I can't do it much longer. Clicks sure. his heels, walks out the door. Um, his exit is still one of my, people talk about the proposal being the best. Carl, I walking out is one of the best. It's like the most hammy. Like Julian was like, I want this guy to be extra evil walking out the door. Because mm-hmm. he says, he says, I'd find no guilt in exposing you. I need to sell newspapers. <laughs> and then he Boss. walks out and he's like, and don't you worry about, uh, what's that? What's the Hexum. Haxby. Yeah. Uh, I'll sell it for a profit. And then he, Which, clearly, also, he, clearly he did not say when he was on set. It's like, wait, how do we address this house that Mary co-owns with him? Because you don't see him say it. He's just walking away as you hear his voice like echo in the halls. And it's like, okay, insert that, resolve that plot line. Uh, and yeah, he sells it for a profit, and that's the last we see of him. And he's still right, like, you know, you'll never see me again. And you know, Dowdy's like, I do hope, and it's like, he, he he's right. You never do see him again. Mm-hmm. That's it until Down Abbey movie two. <laughs> he's back. More news to sell. Wouldn't it be great if Down Abbey the movie two didn't have any crawlies in it? It's just Richard Carlyle. I mean, I think that's what we've been angling <laughs> for for years now. <laughs> I mean, he's Bruce Wayne, right? Essentially, yeah. I mean, he is in one universe. Um, so, anyways. That is pretty much that episode, except that now Matthew, he the he's he's given he's given up on Swar- he's like you know what after after Mary shows oh, up yeah, Isabel's entire purpose in this episode is to relieve the guilt of Lavinia right and also show up as company for the Bates the trial Bates because she need to because they got to you know pay her yeah they have a quota of how much they have to pay her and for appearances so might as well use it uh, um so yeah she gives she talks some sense to Matthew and he's yep. like you know what she is dead so I might as well go for someone who's alive mm-hmm. And then the moment of the episode. One of the moments of the show. Of the whole show. Uh, I mean, you go on Instagram right now and any of the Downton accounts, it's just reposted that pictures from that whole scene. 
many times over. Mm-hmm. No one commenting on how cold Mary must be with the exposed collarbone or anything out there. And nobody commented about the fact that Bates is in jail. Nobody no. commented on poor Richard sent sent off. No one comments about Hetworth in the episode. Nope. Uh, Rosman, the Ouija board spirits. But sometimes <laughs> it's the power of a moment like this that really just makes it makes amends for everything else in the episode. No matter how silly or ridiculous or whatever, it is so satisfying to see them finally come together after two seasons of struggling to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. But then, well, I mean, doesn't there's a line where Mary's like, "You got to take a knee. You got to bend the knee," and it's like. I could barely walk a month ago. I'll try and get down on one knee. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm lucky to be walking today. And then he does actually very well for a man who couldn't walk a couple months ago. He well, then could... he flips backwards and lands on his knee. Oh, right. And, and he holds out. A... But he doesn't have a ring, right? He just, it's just a... No, he doesn't have a ring. He just, you know, he proposes to her. Yeah. So, so good. So sweet. And then that's it. Julian nailed it. I mean, honestly, you know, we're, we're being critical of this episode. It's a fun episode. It's still good. It's a fun episode, but it's not the best episode. No, there's not enough A like A plus plots of like this is great, this is great. I mean, yeah. the bait, bait stuff is great, but everything else can like fall by the wayside in between. Yeah, because Richard, it's frustrating watching Richard. <laughs> I think we have an attachment to Richard. No, but we? not e- not even. I, th- I just yeah. think it's frustrating watching this plot where clearly there's not a good match. Right. It's like, and we've been seeing like, this. What's up the all point? Year. Right. We know how this is going to end. So, anyways, Dave, any th- favorite moments or quits, uh, quips uh, from this episode or anything? Um, I think I kind of touched base on most of them. My question is, and I've said this before, and I think knowing where we are in the show, I don't think Carlisle ever lets the stories hit the news. Mm-hmm. And I know you had thought that he might. I don't think he does either. I don't think he does. It's not worth the effort. Because we would have, all these people would have, Mary wouldn't have Tony Gilliam and Blake and Evelyn Napier. Mm-hmm. All and Henry Talbot all knocking on her door years later. If she had done this, been married, and the guy and Matthew died, you know, it's not like getting married cleans your slate, does it? No. <laughs> okay. I guess I'll keep that in mind. I just don't think he does. Mm-hmm. At least the bait stuff would have put the house in in contrary. The king and queen would not have gone to a house where a dignitary died. After sleeping with the eldest daughter. Like, facts. Wait, wait, what? The king and queen would not visit a house that had a controversy of that level over it. That's true. That is true. Wouldn't it Although, be I mean, they're, That's they're, the end of the Downton movie after the credits. Is Richard Carl like, you shouldn't have come here. <laughs> yeah. Pamuk! I, I do think they reference in later seasons that there is like the rumors that that happened. Or well, there's like the that. rumors of that happening already are afloat. Right. So it just wasn't confirmed. Edith rings the, you know, uh-huh. blows the whistle on that. She's the anonymous whistleblower. Yeah. I did like in this episode that at one point Mary and uh, Matthew are talking and they say, you know, this house is under the shadow of Bates's trial. And then a gong rings somewhere in the house and they all like look up. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> just odd the way that he's just, just here. You bastard. <laughs> just whispering <laughs> through the hall. Um, Mary, great charade, charade player, by the way. Hmm? Mary, she really uh, committed to charades there. She was really acting it out. I would, I would love to see if they let Carlisle do his word. Oh, I would love to see that. <laughs> I don't want to play this. He just, game. he just loses the game because he's like, I don't want to look like a fool. We're just not doing <laughs> he that. Just, like kicks over a table and walks away. Right. Um. So, anyways, uh, and then there's the dancing at the end where people dance with different partners, which is sweet. Seeing like Thomas yeah, the, dance the with the Dowager servants ball. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Fun stuff. So Dave, we got rankings. Is that the one? What does uh, Matthew say when they're like, oh, you're going to have to dance with O'Brien? Is that where he says crikey? I think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> what were your rankings originally? 
Do you want to go just down and up? Uh, I gotta, I gotta pull them up. Wow. So we last covered uh, this episode, Dave, June twenty eighteen. So it's been about a year and a half since we've, uh, since we've been on this one. Yes. So originally going down, I had three Carlisle, two Anna, one Bates. Okay, I had three Rosamond, two Carlisle, one Anna and Bates. What was the Rosamond? Rosamond is thinking she got a guy that wants not her not for her money, but just to have like so she's not a spinster anymore. Right. Okay. So who, who do you currently have at number three? Number three. Before it was two. Now it's three. It's Anna. Okay. She, she has a rough go with uh, her man being put away. Okay. My guy number three, Carlisle. Okay. Because he doesn't have it the worst. Because he's gonna sell. Uh, Haxby at a profit. Sure. And clearly he takes the high road not letting the story out. That's understandable. So who's number two? Uh, number two, it's Bates. He's in jail. I'm really, I have a, I have a Rosamond at number two. Still? Really? <laughs> she jumped. Bates and, uh, Bates I, and Carl, I, Rosamond and Carlisle flip-flop in my rankings. She's more upset about her, her grandma being right than like the man, I think. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. She gets okay. put, her ego gets put on. So Rosamond who, doesn't get enough love. Who's number one for you? It's the same as it always was. Bates and Anna. Well, I got Carlisle number one. Carlisle did not have the worst week. His, his and his exit goes down in such infamy. We still remember it, and it stays in our memories. Like I, it's a he goes down on a blaze of glory, and it's like a, he's going all the way down because we'll never see him again. He's going to but, hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he goes down so memorably. I think he just has to be number one because it's a memorable going down moment. Yeah, he's the fiend, Richard Carlisle. Yeah. Although I guess you could say that Bates going to jail is more memorable, but yeah, Bates, Bates emphatically has a worse week than Richard Carlisle, who who gets out of a toxic relationship, well, sells his house at a at a profit, and yeah. then and all he gets is a punch in the head. Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Star Wars and what is Star Wars and what's not Star Wars and how do you wrap it up. Well, I'm just thinking, what's true to our podcast? What is true to our podcast and our, our listeners? It's Carlisle's got to be put over. He he is a part of our podcast. Richard Carlisle speaks. Right. <laughs> um, Dave, who's up for you? Uh, originally, I had, for some reason, I had Daisy at number three going up. <laughs> okay. Bear, uh, Tom Barrow going up, and Mary and Matthew tied at number one. That's close. That's what close. did you have? Uh, originally, I had Thomas, uh, Mr. Mason, and then Matthew. Okay. So who do you have? Matthew? No Mary at all, huh? Because she doesn't do much. She's reactive. But uh, this time, the number three, I got Robert. That speech he gives is very good to Mary. <laughs> okay. And uh, I got n- number yeah. three, Pat Moore. What in all did she do? I mean, she used a Ouija board this episode to manipulate Daisy. Is that what you're, you're saying? Daisy is a moron. <laughs> and so this Ouija board is why Pat Moore is no, a... because all Pat Moore wants is for Daisy to realize that mm. there's potential at Downton. And all Daisy's doing is saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. So Daisy's success is contingent upon Patmore, Patmoreing things. Okay. So that, that's why I say that. That's a good reason. Oh, sure. Who do you got at number two? I got Matthew. Matthew's number two. Okay. He proposed. He, he got over his uh, dead wife and just got it done. Okay. He doesn't. He's mourning the death of his father-in-law, but yeah. you know. I have uh, Barrow at number two. He falls up. There's no denying the upward fall. No, yeah. It's a good one. Uh, number one, though. And a reversal, I have Mary. She, I mean, it's like, wait, wait, Mary. Yeah, last I have time, Mary too. Yeah, last time I did not have her number one or on there at all. But uh, 
You can't deny she got proposed to. She got the happy ending. This she is, got out of the toxic relationship. And just looking at the long view of the show, this is probably her best moment or most positive moment uh, for years. I mean, season three, there's some good stuff with her getting pregnant and them having wedded bliss. But, you know, the back half of Down with her is such a drag. This is a and, high and point. And there's a lot of her bringing it on, too. Right. Oh, for sure. But this is it. This is her, her blissful moment. Sure. So let her have it. What about Matthew? He's not on the list, though? Matthew, I, I mean, I didn't want to give him the tie because Matthew Matthew is more of a background player and the good things. Right. He, I mean, he does get that shot in on Carlisle. He does. He does. It, you know, they're, they're doing some good jostling. But the guilt of, of Lavinia, he, we don't really... Him getting out of it seems too easy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, I, I think it's still served up to him on a silver platter a little bit. Yeah. Uh, especially after years of waiting for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Bro, you got you to gotta take it by the horns a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, good on Mary. And that that's it. That's the season two Christmas special, and we can move on from Christmas. Well, you must be thrilled. I am overjoyed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> love the Down Abbey. And we still got some more Down stuff to do before. We yeah, we're going to hopefully, I'm, I'm not going to make any promises, but we want to have something for you next Wednesday on the 1st of 2020, right? Yeah. So yeah. That'll- 2020 experience. Hopefully we'll kick off 2020 with an episode, but this is a holiday week and we got a lot of stuff going on. So if we don't have one, apologies. And if you really want to hear us next week, you can just make the journey to Maryland to see us at MacFest. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to throw like a live live stream or something on Facebook, maybe. But it's yeah. going to be one o'clock in the morning, so we're going to do what we can. Yeah, we'll see. We're gonna, we'll, we'll have some kind of content in some capacity next week. It might not. It might just be an Instagram picture for all we know. Might just be. Might just be. But we, uh, you know, thanks for rocking with us in 20, 2019. I know we yeah. we pretty thoroughly reflected while drinking the gin. Yeah, and you know, I'm 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 a bit of a down on them, but I hope you all had a merry Christmas, and I'm hoping you have a happy holidays. Yeah, and why don't you do us all a favor, and on top of those five star reviews, just send Corey some holiday greetings because this this boy is, is come on, he man. needs to be lifted up. <laughs> I'm 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 lifted, man. I'm I'm doing my own lifting. <laughs> you hear this, people? You gotta help. <laughs> It's dire out here in these hey, streets. Hey, man, we had a secret Santa this week, and who orchestrated it? A machine. Yes, <laughs> and and you. And, and so what happened was, uh, one of our friend's names, uh, Kevin Lawyer, his name was... Yeah, entered, our, our attorney, our legal counsel, His Kevin. name was entered twice, and he got selected twice, and my name wasn't at all. <laughs> so everyone got gifts, except for me. So maybe that explains my, my, my attitude. You know, if, if you had just embraced the Tiny Tim attitude when you had your cane... <laughs> I'm not Tiny Tim, I'm not dying. <laughs> I mean, aren't we all? Not yet. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you in 2020. Remember those five stars? You get that doubt and mug. Oh, yeah. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow us. Love you. Yeah. Hey, see you in 2020.